Welcome to audio from Ballyhalbert Gospel Hall. Listen in as we open God's Word and share how it should impact our lives. We hope it blesses you. Right, good morning. <laughs> good morning everyone uh, and Ballyhalbert. Here we are, our church fellowship coming together for the Lord's Day and bringing God's message and uh, I trust that you're all well and you're all eager and interested to hear what has God got to say to us for that's the big big thing that we're all anxious to know what's God going to say and uh, today we're we're taking you on a fishing trip nothing unusual about that us living by the seaside but this was a fishing trip that started badly but glad to say it finished very well and you know it's a bit like life we could all admit and own up that we had a bad start in life. But isn't it great for those who have come to Christ and have known salvation, the prospect is finishing well, which is wonderful. And this is the thing that we're going to be looking at today. So bear with me. I want to do a reading, a very familiar reading in John's Gospel, chapter 21. It goes this way. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias, and in this manner showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I go fishing. They said to him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a boat immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you'll find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved says to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat about him, for he was naked, and had cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little boat, for they were not far from the land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fish. And soon then they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fish, a hundred and fifty and three, and although there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples dare ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them, and fish likewise. Now this is the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, Thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto them, Feed my lambs. He said to them again the second time, Simon, 
son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. That's our reading. It's quite a lengthy reading, but it's a lovely, lovely story. And there's such wonderful lessons for us. Want to look at it first of all. Three days that shook the world. Three days that changed the world. The world was never going to be the same after that. We're looking at this first verse. After these things. And I was looking at this little passage. And that's what stuck with me. And I believe God ministered to me in this way. After these things. After what things? These were momentous days. When we think of the days that shook the world. Everything had changed. Time had changed from B.C. to A.D. Everything has changed because Jesus come. And here's the time that I want to look at. Three days. Remember in the garden scene, there was the Lord praying. And there he was arrested and taken off to Pilate. Think of all those hours of judgment, of torture, crowning with thorns, being his back being lacerated, being whipped, being scourged, being mocked. We think then, a step further, taken off to Herod. These brutal soldiers setting him at naught, the Bible says. How cruel, how wicked, how brutal this was when he was taken off to Herod. And then we remember taking in great heavy cross on his back up that hill to Calvary. This was an awful scene. The soldiers were worried at that time that he wasn't going to make it. So they get Simon, who was out of the country from Serene, helped the Lord Jesus to bear his cross. And they did this. And up to Calvary's hill, nailed by the hands and by the feet on that old rugged cross. These were amazing scenes. This was a day of public execution. This was a day when everyone was invited and encouraged to come and see what the authorities do with malefactors, with people who were worthy of death. And in these scenes, amidst all the hullabaloo and all the noise and every kind of people from soldiers to high priests to religious people to family members just to onlookers, everybody like this and all the talk and all that was going on. I'm sure it was quite amazing. It was quite something to behold. But I want to home in on just something here. Because there were two malefactors, they're called, two thieves. And uh, here they are being crucified, one on the right and one off the left, according to the Bible. And they're shouting and cursing and screaming at the same time because they were in agony too. And you think of the scenes of this. And then, and then after a while, seemingly, one of them seems to realise that he was dying And he's going away into eternity. And where? Because he said to his other compatriot, Here we are. We're dying here. And we deserve this. You know, but here's one in the midst. He's done nothing amiss. He's never done anything wrong. And you you see a change of tune, as it were. A change of attitude. One of these, there's a change of attitude. 
And so they're speaking to each other. And then he turns amazingly to the Lord Jesus. He says, Lord, listen to this. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Where did these thieves hear this? They've been in prison. But obviously they had heard this all about the place. Word had got in. Word had got round. And so he says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And just immediately, listen to this one. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. What a day for this thief. Today the Saviour said, you will be with me in paradise. What amazing, what lovely thoughts were these. And you see, there was the cross. Now after the cross, there was the tomb. And then on resurrection morning, we have a wonderful time. Because there they were, those ladies at the tomb so early. There were their flowers and their perfumes. And what was happening? They were there to visit the grave. But you know, the tomb was empty already. And there was angels. He's not here. He's risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And after that we have Mary there. And she's at the tomb. And you know she's wondering what's going on. And she sees somebody there thinking he was the gardener. She says if you've taken him away will you tell us? Because we want to come and visit. And he just says to her Mary. And she realised I know that voice. Now, she didn't recognise him. She thought he was the gardener. She didn't know him, but she recognised the voice. He says, go tell my disciples and Peter that I go before them to Galilee. There I will meet with them. And that's our first thought this morning. We're coming here to Galilee. And there's these men. They had been there waiting. And they went out to meet the Lord, as it were. But then as they were waiting, they said, Peter says, I'm going to the fishing. I'm going to the fishing. Right, we're coming with you. And there were seven all together, and we read about them all going to the fishing. And there, of course, we read, and that night, there they worked and they toiled, and they caught nothing. We know they caught nothing because there was a stranger on the seashore said to them, children, or he says, hey, you lads, have you caught any fish tonight? And, you know, that was probably the terminology. And they said, no, they had caught nothing. And isn't that a sad thing, mature experienced fishermen in a sea full of fish and they got worked all night and caught nothing. How awful and how terrible that must have been and how sad it must have been, how depressing that must have been for them. They had, they had nothing. They had caught nothing. You know, it was a night of failure. They had failed to catch anything. You know, there's many people and there's many failures. Many people, they have failures to... To overcome their faults, over, overcome their sin, overcome their addictions. They have overcome their bad habits. They have overcome the fact that they have never been able to glorify God, never been able to find peace or find salvation. They had failed. They had failed so much. They had failed. They had nothing. They had nothing but the Lord, nothing but their need. And weren't they coming to the right person? But then we have another lovely statement Cast the net on the right side. Here's a stranger on the shore about a hundred yards away. Now they wouldn't know who he was. They couldn't find out at all that distance. They couldn't know. Cast the net on the right side and you'll find. You know what a word of word is this? There we read in the John's Gospel before this. He that heareth my word and believeth in him that sent me hath 
everlasting life. They had heard the word. They had responded. I don't know why. Maybe they heard a voice. Maybe they recognized that voice. Cast the net. Remember, they were in the same boat as they were in, in Luke chapter 5. Whenever they pushed out from the shore and Jesus used the boat as a pulpit. And then he says, let down your nets for a catch. Peter says, what's the point? We've caught fished all night and caught nothing. Very likely the same Peter. Very likely the same boat. Very likely the same sea. But here they are. They let down their net. And they get an amazing catch. Thrilled to bits with what this stranger had said to them. They obeyed his voice. They agreed with the Saviour. We'll try this. We'll do it. We have nothing to lose. And they got a great catch of fish. And you know what? And then John says, you know, it's the Lord. This is the Lord. John grasped immediately. You know what? There's nobody else like this. Nobody else has a word like this. Nobody else has power like this. We've witnessed this before. And of course, you know what happened then? Uh, there, was a, there was a wonderful, wonderful commotion. Peter was so thrilled and so blessed. <coughs> Excuse me. And so blessed as he was coming here. So blessed. Jumping out of the boat. Coming to meet the Lord. What a thrill this was on a story like this. All they did was obeyed. All they did was agreed. And all they did was come into the good. They come into the good of what the Lord has done for them. And here they come across and another thing. We have when they get to the beach, when they get to the shore, they're totally amazed again. But what do they find here? We find a feast prepared already. All through this story, time after time, point after point, we're seeing the love of the Lord Jesus, his concern, his, his interest, his affection towards them. How he wants to bless them and encourage them. He comes along and here they are and he comes to this feast a lovely big fire of coals. What cold fishermen need? Wet fishermen, depressed fishermen. Here's what they need. A big fire of coals and bread and fish. What comforting, what a comfort this was to them. And how blessed they were going to be in all this. Here's one preparing breakfast. A men's breakfast. Imagine that on the beach that morning. And what a morning it was. Wasn't it a glorious morning to come along and find and find this Here's one, and, he, and he, here's another thing he says to them. Bring the fish that you have caught. He wasn't despising the, their effort that night. How thrilling that was. But here's a saviour. Here's a saviour who, on another occasion, had put his coat around about him or his apron on him and washed their feet. Here's a saviour who would know what fishermen needed. Here's a saviour who was touched with the feelings. He knew what they were going through all that night. Here's a saviour who was remembered in a time past, was hungry in the desert. He was tired in a boat when he fell asleep. He was thirsty at a well and he was sad at a graveside. Here's one who was touched. He knew their thoughts and their hearts and their feelings. And here he was comforting them, reassuring them, blessing them. What a tonic it was to come together around a lovely big coal fire after the night that they had had. Showing again how much he loves them. Showing again his big interest in them. And we're coming very now to the end of a story because we haven't got to the end of it. Because we're coming to a conclusion. But you know, with this conclusion, we're coming with a challenge. Because it's important that there's a challenge with a story. And what a big challenge it is 
because here's a disciple who was singled out. But of course, every one of us could be in this scene. We're, we're, Peter's mentioned here, but every one of us, we, we all need to be involved. Peter now is going to be con, uh, commissioned. And to be commissioned in God's work, there's a major ingredient. Peter, do you love me? The biggest ingredient we have if we're going to be servants of God is because we love him. He has displayed continually how much he loved us. And now he's saying to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And he says to Peter three times, and Peter's a bit concerned. Lord, you know everything about me. You know my inside out, my heart, my thoughts. You know everything. But you see, the Lord was testing him because three times Peter had fallen asleep in the garden. And three times he had denied him at another fire. Whenever the Lord was being interrogated. And here's he around another fire. Peter, do you love me? And Peter's so sure about it. You know everything. You know everything about me. But you see, imagine this. And here's the Lord coming to Peter. Peter had been a failure. Peter had let himself down. He had let the Lord down. Who of us haven't? Every one of us were in this position. Peter's been mentioned. Peter, do you love me? To be my servant, to be the shepherd of my sheep, to look after my lambs, you've got to love me first. Do you love me more than these? More than the men on the boat? More than the fish? More than the boats? More than anything? And Peter says, Lord, you know everything. You know how much I really love you. And so here he is. Although Peter had been a failure, here's a wee thought I want to leave with you. You don't fail when you fall. Here's a wee thought for us. You don't fail when you fall. You fail when you quit. And the Lord was making sure that he was doing his utmost to make sure that his disciples, yes, maybe had failed, but he wasn't giving up on them. If you love the Lord, he has room for you in his service. There's room for you in his team. There's room for you to be his servant because it says he knoweth our frame and he remembers that we're dust. So here's the saviour we have. Love, love is satisfied. Love is satisfied when it's returned. The Lord has loves us and he's satisfied when we really love him. He will take us up and he will use us and he will really bless us. So there's the challenge for us today as we come. We have seen an amazing night, maybe a night of failure, but it has turned out into a night of thrilling blessing and the, uh, that wonderful, wonderful morning. God with the Lord around that fire. Lovely to be together. What a, what a day and what a time it's going to be with the marriage supper, just to be with the Lord, God with the Lord around a fire, just to be thrilled, to be blessed. What hope, what cheer, what blessing it is bringing us all. So we, we have here, uh, love uh, is satisfied when it's returned. The qualifi qualifications for the service of God is loving the Saviour, loving the Master. He has loved us. Do we love him? We trust that we will love him and that will be the ingredients we have to see him honoured and magnified and glorified. I trust as we look again at this story, as you look again at it, you will be thrilled by it and you'll be blessed by it. And there's the big challenge. Do I really love the Lord? Lord, you know all things. You know it. I love you. I want to be your servant. And the Lord will accept us even as we are, knowing that we're failures. Because after all, that's all the Lord has got. Failures like us. But we're failures who have been redeemed by the precious blood. We're redeemed because God loves us. The Saviour loves us. And he wants us. He wants us to be in his service. To be in the service of the greatest of masters. I trust today, as we're looking at this little message, you'll be thrilled by it. You'll be blessed by it. May God bless you, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you.